0: It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Thursday, March 11th, 2021. I'm Aaron Fulton with Raven News. When the Sitka Assembly met on Tuesday, it voted to develop a tourism master plan. With Canada's cruise ship ban in effect through the beginning of next year, it's looking like 2022 will be the next big year for Sitka tourism. And it could be really big. The vote directed the city's planning commission to develop a plan that could address the logistical challenges a booming cruise ship season might pose for the city. Assemblymember Rebecca Himschut said the hope is to develop a plan that works for tourists and for residents. We have heard we may have a major influx of visitors as soon as 2022. And I'm thinking about questions like transportation of the visitors, transportation for Sitkins. You know, I envision something that would address what we do when there are 1,000 visitors in town and when there are 10,000 visitors in town. Member Valerie Nelson wondered if the information was already available in the city's comprehensive plan. City Administrator John Leach said the plan would serve to address more of the tactical concerns that the comprehensive plan doesn't tackle.
1: So we want this plan to focus on things like where if we get two or three cruise ships in town at the same time and we have this large influx of people, should we consider, you know, shutting down Lincoln Street for a period of time so pedestrians can visit the stores and walk.
0: City Planning Director Amy Ainsley said projections for 2022 are looking very promising. I remember growing up and having three, four ship days, and it didn't seem to be, you know, it was busy downtown, but it didn't seem to be uh, unmanageable. So I went and pulled as many uh, passenger numbers as I could uh, from the Chamber of Commerce. They were able to supply that for us. And the largest passenger year that we've had is around 280,000 passengers in a single season. The forecast that we're starting to receive right now is upwards of 400,000 passengers. Ainsley said that while it isn't unusual for Sitka to host two cruise ships in a day during the summer season, Alaska is expecting the arrival of bigger vessels like the Neo-Panamax cruise ships in 2022, which can hold upwards of 4,000 passengers. Two of those in a day is very different from two smaller Holland America boats, Ainsley said. The Assembly unanimously voted to direct the planning commission to begin developing a tourism master plan. Three and a half weeks may not seem like a big deal in pandemic times, but for local businesses that depend on tourism in Juneau, it could make or break the season. The Juneau Assembly recently loosened travel restrictions starting May 1st, which is a win for tourism companies. KTOO's Pablo Aros Peña reports.
2: After the pandemic devastated business for last year's tourism season, Liz Perry at Travel Juno says the changes mean a lot for local businesses that depend on tourists.
0: That was the big, the big hurdle for us, and um, with that being lifted, uh, we're seeing some daylight.
2: At last week's assembly meeting, Assembly Member Wade Bryson recommended rolling back emergency guidelines to May first instead of May 26th. He said those three and a half weeks could make a big impact
1: on not only businesses, but tax revenue from the sales tax that is created from it. We need to start on the right foot, adding three and a half weeks to what is going to be a very dismal tourism year can make a very positive difference.
2: But Assemblymember Michelle Hale objected on the basis of safety, especially with the threat of other COVID-19 variants, even if most residents are eventually fully vaccinated.
0: My concern is that we get it almost to the finish line, and then we relax our restrictions. And with these variants, um, for example, uh, we could get ourselves very close and then uh, be in a very serious situation.
2: Meanwhile, Perry at Travel Juno says she doesn't know how much business to expect, but she sees an increase in confidence for consumers who want to book flights. Although not everyone is so optimistic, the lifting of mandates will likely be helpful for businesses that serve independent travelers, but those that depend on cruise ships are still losing out. Serene Hutchinson is the general manager for Juno Whale Watching Tours. She says 90% of her business typically comes from cruise ship passengers. And with the season on hold while Canada's waters are closed to cruise ships, she's already refunded thousands of dollars.
0: I'm not interested in giving any more refunds. And to be honest, consumers aren't interested in booking anything that they may have to try to get a refund for. Everyone's really burnt out on that.
2: Hutchinson says if some businesses are going to survive the season, they'll need to aggressively market to independent travelers. She says that even if every hotel and short-term rental was booked to capacity for five months, it would still only be a drop in the bucket compared to the amount of visitors Juno is used to getting. But it's not all doom and gloom for Hutchinson. One-fifth of Juno residents have already been fully vaccinated, and she says that's a good sign. So she's holding out for some business.
0: Well, to to independent travelers, I say, come in, the water's fine. Let's go whale watching. (laughs) And to my neighbors, I say, trust us. Trust us to do our best to look out for our home and our neighbors while also uh, showing visitors a great, safe time.
2: Just like other local businesses, Hutchinson is cautiously optimistic about what visitors she can get, cruise ships or not. In Juneau, I'm Pablo Araus-Pena.
0: Over the weekend, Skagway hosted its annual Buckwheat Cross-Country Ski Race, named for the late, great Skagway mainstay Carlin Buckwheat Donahue. As with most everything in the time of COVID, the event took on a much different shape this year. KHNS's Mike Swayze reports.
1: All right, three, two, one, oh!
0: And so began
1: the 35th annual cross-country ski race known as the Buckwheat, this year deemed the Buckwheat COVID Classic. Every year, this race brings together communities from all over the North to celebrate the coming spring and revel in the last of long winter's offerings. This year, with the Canadian border closed and travel mandates firmly in place, the race served as a reminder that Skagway still knows how to throw a party. I was not trying to win at all. <laughs> <laughs> that makes it even better. <laughs> but on the last lap, when he stopped, he got iced. So they and he was putting in his backpack at the aid station. As I pulled up to the aid station, I was like, "What is Ryan doing? Putting on a backpack right now?" I was like, "I'm on a party at the end, and I need <laughs> my warm clothes."
0: <laughs> and I was like, "I think I'm actually going to catch up with him."
1: <laughs> that was the triathlon winner, Brooke. Jasky Zuber, and runner-up Ryan Hickel. Other participants thought they had a shot this year, but far too many underestimated the tenacious Skagway Phenom. I caught up with Tom Parker just before the race and asked him if he thought he could win.
2: Well, it's not that I plan on it, it's just an eventuality. Much like the heat death of our universe, it's just gonna happen.
1: There were multiple races to enter this year, the triathlon, the biathlon, and the kids' races. The premier race being the triathlon, which started with a foot race at Skagway's Lower Dewey Trailhead, followed by three laps around the lake for a full 10K, plus a new twist this year, the rifle shot. No actual guns were used, they were just paintball guns. How accurate were the paintball guns? Terribly inaccurate. Right now, looking from here, I only see one orange dot on a target, and that was when they were warming up and getting it set up. That was race organizer and longtime Log Cabin Ski Society contributor, Corey Thole. If the shooters missed the target, which almost every participant did, they had to do a short penalty lap. The town came out in force hiking up the icy Lower Dewey Trail, or catching a ride on a chopper provided by Tempsko helicopters. The family or friendship bubbles of five or less. People brought camping chairs, music, party hats. There was even a man-sized banana staffing the aid station at the north end of the lake, offering chocolate, tang, or something stronger for the older crowd.
2: Right, up the hill, is that right? Yep, up the hill through okay. the trees. Let's go through the trees, baby.
1: There was a burger and hot dog feed, and then the grand finale, the burning of the giant wooden coronavirus. (laughs) Were the organizers worried the fire would melt a hole through the three foot layer of ice on the lake? We figure since this thing is going to be uh, lit up and send all that good energy off, it is pretty large. It might create a uh, big hole in the uh, ice at some point. And so there's a couple fishing rods up here, and uh, it's going to be warm with the fire, so Hawaiian shirts and fishing
2: poles. Just the case. Be prepared.
1: Roughly two-thirds of Skagway residents have been fully vaccinated against COVID-19. And though some, like this reporter, missed the revelry downtown after the event, It seems the burning of the giant coronavirus was more than just simply symbolic. Reporting from a rejuvenated and optimistic Skagway, I'm Mike Swayze.
0: I'm Aaron Fulton, and this has been Raven News.